0: That in uh, At the end of may there and it 's gr- such a great cause and uh, also just for those of you that don 't know where we 've uh, taken on another missionary we 're supporting a third couple now, uh, Eric and mariana Um they 're in Thailand as well with tim and Bronwyn. so they're they 're the oversight basically to Tim and Bronwyn. so um, we 're we're giving to them now so um, it 's been great I'm, I remember three years ago we we didn 't have enough to uh, enough People giving to support uh, Mark and Chris and Tim and Brom were short by uh, a few hundred dollars and the church had to put in out of its own funds. And then, you know, about a year and a half later we matched it and now we've surpassed it and taken on another couple. Um, So, yeah, it's great. Mm. So, yeah, keep giving into that and if you can give a bit extra, go for it because we've got a big vision for, for missions. We want to support more people uh, uh, you know, a- as needed and, and give out to different projects as well that we see um, popping up around the place and we can think, we can give a thousand or two thousand or whatever into that. So yeah, just encourage you in that and that's it's going really well. Okay. So this morning, just got a fairly uh, short and simple message. It's called, I Can't Handle the Truth. Um. Ooh. <laughs> um. So it, it's good that we had the baby dedication this morning. Um, you know, just just thinking about that, um, you know, we all want to we all want growth. The theme, you know, for this year is is growth in our lives. And you know, there's growth in if in a natural realm, like a baby. It's born and then it it transitions from, you know, um, drinking milk to eating mashed-up food, and then it goes onto solids. And it changes from, um, you know, it changes from, you know, the gaga's crying to speaking and and can, talking with people and reasoning with people. You know, it, it changes from. Wearing baby clothes to mature clothes like a, an adult would wear. There's so many changes that have to take place. It, get, it gets provided for by its parents completely. And then it's at a stage and it's in, in, in our growth, we have to move on and work for ourselves and earn our own income and provide for ourselves. So there's, those, there's always that progression of change and maturing from you know a baby in the natural and and. And as you know, and obviously there's that parallel in the spiritual as well. When we're born, born again, um, we come into the world. God, we're born again in God, and we come in as a baby. And we're, you know, and our spiritual life, we it's pretty messy. And you know, it, all we can do is really just cry, and we don't even really know what we what we need, and we're just, you know, just need people to provide for us and 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 help us through. But you know, there, we we want to go on that journey of growth and maturing uh, in our Christian life, and you know, and then you get into the teenage years where, you know, it, you think that you know what's best about everything, you you you've, you've got more understanding than the pastor, you know, he's 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 not that, he's, he doesn't know that much. Oh, I I have got the key on on truth, and, and I know what's going on, and you know, have you been through that? I've I've felt that in my Christian walk at a certain stage there. I was thinking, oh man, I've got this all together. I know, I know everything that's going on. These pastor doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, that, that's the teenage life. It happens in, in the natural. It's like your parents, you're thinking, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. They should come to me for advice. I, I, know, I know more about life than, than, than my parents, you know. But, and then you've got to get through that, that, spiritual, you know, that spiritual growth and get, get into adulthood and move on from that. And you start to realise that, hang on a minute, these pastors and leaders actually do know a lot more than I did, and, and you know I need to respect their wisdom and direction in life and, and, and those sort of things, and you start to grow and mature in your faith. And, and that's what we all want to do. Um, but you, know, you can get stuck at, at, at a different at stage in your, in your growth. You can get stuck as a baby um, in, in your spiritual life, or you can get stuck... As a, as, a, as a young boy or as a te- teenager, you can get stuck in those phases. But, you know, we want to go the full journey. We want to get to complete maturity in Christ and, and what he has for our lives. And it says in John, John four twenty three to 24 Yet a time is coming, and, now, and has now come, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So Jesus is saying that there's, there's two elements. There's worshipping in spirit and worshipping in truth. And they go hand in hand. So we can't just um, say, well, I worship in tr- spirit, but the truth... Of the words of God, I don't really worry about that because I'm just enjoying my time with Jesus. I just love to worship, and and it's all wonderful. Um, but it doesn't really matter what I do outside of that. Or or, or you can um, you know you can, uh, you can go to the other extreme as well. And it says in um, you know and growth growth in truth requires change and taking on something and and. and and replacing something with something else. So when, when, a, when a person's growing up, they have, he has to replace a, the baby has to replace a certain type of food, milk, with a, another type of food. And that, so they don't drink that, anymore. Well, we still do drink milk, but you know, you know what I'm saying. They, they move from that to another thing. I mean, it'd be pretty weird if, if we were dressed up in baby clothes and, you know, and still eating mashed potato and mashed apples for, for tea. We've got to move on and moving on means you replace something with something else and you take on something else that's in, the, in God's word and, and put it in, in place of something in your life that needs to change and that's how we get that progression. And in Romans 12, to 2 it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So obviously, as a Christian, we're called to, uh, to, to, to change, to grow. It's part of the Christian life. You can't avoid it. You can't take that bit out. Um, there's that discipleship process. And if you take that out of, your, of the Christian walk, then I don't think you've really got the Christian walk left. Um, and, and, you know, Jesus had disciples and he taught them and adjusted them. They did things wrong, and he said, "No, no, this is the way it is." There was that change that they, the disciples went through as they were walking with Jesus, and that that moulding process that Jesus um, had with them as he was walking with them um, side by side, living life together with them. And we're well, just just going to look at one reason why people find it hard to hear the truth and it, the reason is in insecurity if we look there's a I'll just it's too much to put on there, is in the scripture but so insecurity so in we have to just backtrack a bit here into the Old Testament when you know when it was the time of the law and and moses and and uh, God brought out his people uh Israel out of Egypt and he was going to make a nation out of them that was what he purposed to do and so he took this people through the Red Sea um, and then was going to make a nation out of them after that so in the wilderness they get to this Mount Sinai um, it's this This mountain and on this mountain this is where Moses gets the law Uh, as, as you know the Ten Commandments that everybody no doubt would be familiar with or most people would the Ten Commandments written on stone and we're going to read through a bit of what it what happened in that in that time and it says and the Lord said to Moses go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day "'Because on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai "'in the sight of all the people, "'put limits for the people around the mountain "'and tell them, be careful that you do not go up the mountain "'or touch the foot of it. "'Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. "'He shall surely be stoned or shot with arrows. "'Not a hand is to be laid on him. "'Whether man or animal, he shall not be permitted to live. "'Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast "'may go up to the mountain.' And then if we skip down to chapter 19, 16 to 25, on the morning Exodus 19, 16, 25. on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning, with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. They stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Then Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up and the Lord said to him, go down and warn the people so they do not force their way through to see the Lord and many of them perish. Even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves or the Lord will break out against them. Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up Mount Sinai because you yourself warned, up, warned us, put limits around the mountain and set it apart as holy. The Lord replied, Go down and bring Aaron up with you. But the priests and the people must not force their way through to come up to the Lord or he will break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. So that's pretty, that's pretty full on. Imagine, live, imagine being there at that time with this billowing mountain of fire and smoke. And the word is, if anyone ever even comes near to this mountain and touches it, they'll be struck down dead on the spot. This is this is uh, an incredibly holy, holy mountain, and 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 Moses goes up there to the top, and he receives the law from God while he's up there for forty days on this mountain, inscribed on the stone, uh, stone tablets. And so while he's up there, if we go to the last. Part of that, chapter 32, 1-6. to Moses comes, um, Moses is up there, sorry, receiving what God has told him uh, in the commandments. And it says, when the pe-, this is the people down at the bottom of the mountain. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what was handed to him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then he said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a feast to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early. And sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. So that was a fair fair chunk of the story there, but it's worth going through because excuse me. This was a situation back then um, that people were approaching God at this mount sinai and, and and basically it was the people facing god in, in on their own facing a holy god who is righteous who never does anything wrong he's completely faultless never has never sinned and these people are facing this god and they can't handle it. They, they can't bear it. But a very a, a strange thing happens because even though it's this incredibly powerful thing that says they are trembling with fear, it was that full on. They, they were scared. But still, they, this strange thing happens. They, 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 they ask Aaron to make this, this gold calf, even though they knew that there was these these consequences uh, in regard to law, and if they did anything wrong, there was that that punishment and that uh, would would be upon them. Even though they knew that, they still they still decided to make this calf. And it's a very it's a strange thing. But see, uh, when if you come to and face God in that in your own in your own sinfulness in your own person in, in your normal flesh and blood then you will you, you can't handle it you can't handle it the truth is too it's too big for you if you're faced on your own before a holy god you you, you can't face that it's too much and these these guys couldn't face it and so what they did was they created this other god they said right this this god is too holy it's too much for us we can't bear this we'll we'll make a god ourselves we'll we'll fashion a god and we'll form this god that is a bit more it doesn't do much and it's it's a calf so it's this immature uh, young animal that feeds on milk. And, it's, and so they make this God and they think, this, this truth is too much for us to bear. We're going to have to water this right down. We have to make our own God here because this is too much for us. We have to make a God that is, that is weak, that, that is, um, is, is, is an immature calf that drinks on milk, that allows us to do what we want because we can't handle the truth... It's too much for us. And so they create their own God. And they start, and this God becomes um, their own sort of, it becomes a strange sort of, um, you know, a strange doctrine, I suppose, a strange belief system where they think, this is God. He's accommodating to, to, my, to what I want to do. I've made this God. He, he allows me to do what I want to do. Um, he allows me to, Sin, if I want, it doesn't matter. He allows me to do these things. And so they create this God. And, and the see, their problem was they're facing God in regard to stark truth. And, and, and it says in Galatians 3.10, All who depend on the law, who are seeking... To be justified by obedience to the law of rituals are under a curse and doomed to disappointment and destruction. For it is written in the Scriptures, Cursed, accursed, devoted to destruction, doomed to eternal punishment, be everyone who does not continue to abide, live, and remain by all the precepts and commandments written in the book of the law and to practice them. See, that's full on. If if you depend on God, if you come to God at this, if you come to God at Mount Sinai, that that's what you're doing. You're saying, I can in my own righteousness, in my own actions, and what I've done, you're trying to be justified in that. And, and so you you're approaching God at Mount Sinai, and what will happen is this strange thing happens. Because it's it's about you, and it's about it's based on your performance and, your, um, and, and and what you do righteously. It's based on that. So a strange thing happens. You might do well for a little while, but then you'll turn away and you'll start to mould God to accommodate your lifestyle because you can't, you can't be justified in that way. Because truth, on its own, truth delivered to us, is the basis for rejection, judgment, and condemnation, and we can't handle it. And so, as as we said, we go to the opposite extreme. And you know, this golden calf, and that inability to be able to take on truth, to be able to hear the truth and bear it is what causes us to mature in God. So if we're coming to God even after we're born again in this place at Mount Sinai where there's this destructive power and storm and we're going there, what we're doing, even after a Christian, if we're looking at these commandments and saying, it's me and God here and I've got to obey these commandments or I'm toast, then that that is, um, it, it, it won't allow growth because it's too much for us to bear. So we won't be able to go on those stages of maturing in God. We'll get stuck and we'll, we, we can start to, um, yeah, make, make some weird, weird grace sort of, uh, you know, a weird doctrine that says grace accommodate sin and allows sin in my life but the thing is God doesn't want that he wants us to go on this growth and discipleship because sin is something that kills us and and harms people and and causes bad things to happen so why would he want us to stay there he, he doesn't he can't, can't want us to stay there because if he loves us he'll want us to move and mature and grow in 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 his word and what he what he says, it's just he, he can't he doesn't have that sort of um, that sort of belief system. If if and if we fall into that, we just it just leaves us weak and immature, because um, and unstable. And God doesn't want that. He doesn't want us unstable and weak and immature. He wants us to be able to take take on board truth and change uh, as we take it on. And so, this, so all of this scenario is what happens, happened to the Israelites when they approached God at Mount Sinai. But it says, in, uh, but there's another mountain that we can climb. And, and in the Bible they call it Mount Zion. And listen to this in Hebrews twelve eighteen to twenty four, for you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and and a tempest, a storm and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them, for they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, "I tremble with fear." See, there's another mountain which we've come to as Christians. We don't have to go to Mount Sinai anymore. We go to Mount Zion. And this is where it gets exciting. Well, it gets exciting to me anyway. Because the, the devil's main aim is to separate you from God, to judge you and condemn you according to the stark reality of the law and truth against your life against your performance and your merit and he's, he's, he'll tell you that the mountain you have to approach when you come to God is burning with fire it's, it's, it's a storm it's, it's frightening it's, it's powerful and it's frightening and, and he'll tell you that you when you approach God you are in very present danger of being stoned to death see so that's what that's what the, the devil tells you. See, he's saying essentially, you've killed people as Cain killed Abel and justice must be met. Um, now the fact is that God is holy and totally righteous. He can't, he can't overlook sin as we all know. But not only is God holy, he's also love. And the thing... See, see, the writer is saying that we no longer have to pra- approach God through the blazing fire of Mount Zion, we can approach through the incredible blessing of Mount Zion. So what, what is Mount Zion and where is it? I, I, I believe that Mount Zion is, is, the, is the hill on which Jesus was crucified. To me, that, that is Mount Zion. Because when Jesus was crucified on the cross the holiness of God and the love of God collide in that one event. So we have, we have a sinful man who has disregarded the law, broken the law and hasn't walked in the truth of God and we have a man who has and, and this man who has done it on our behalf. And so we have this Mount Zion where Jesus was put on the cross and he satisfies that that holy rage. He, blow by blow, Jesus took that on the cross for us. Blow, that's why he was, he was killed. Because all that righteous holiness of God had to be satisfied. And we as people were all fallen, so we couldn't satisfy it. So Jesus had to come, live a perfect life, and then be killed on that cross in order to make a way for us to to be with God. That's basically the gospel. And Jesus, so if you approach Mount Zion, if you approach God at Mount Zion through the cross, through the blood of Christ, then you come to a heavenly place. To a holy God, yes, but to a holy God who has dealt with your sins. To angels rejoicing, to righteous men and women who have gone before you, to Jesus who mediates the new covenant and sprinkles you with his own Righteous blood to cleanse you. Jesus' blood that secures our righteousness. So at this mountain, we're made fully accepted and totally accepted children of God at Mount Zion. See, that's the good news of the gospel. Fully accepted and totally accepted children of God, made right before a holy God who loves us at Mount Zion. Now that, that fact alone takes the pressure, pressure off your performance. It takes the pressure off your merit because no longer are you facing God one-on-one, me facing God in my own merit, my own strength, but there's a mediator. There's, there's someone in between there and it's Jesus dying on the cross for me, making me right before God. You see, and now... Here in Romans 5:1 it says, "Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One." Isn't that an incredible verse? So the pressure to, of your performance and your merit based on the law and truth is falls off your shoulders, as we were singing about this morning. It falls off your shoulders. But as we were saying earlier, we have to stay at Mount Zion in our Christian life. If we start to forget the cross, if we start to not remember Jesus, if we start to remove Jesus' death and resurrection... For me and you on the cross, if we start to lose focus on that, then we, we naturally fall back into this here's what you need to do, here's here's the laws and requirements of being a Christian. It's you and these requirements and these laws and that's it. You see, if you lose focus on what if we lose focus on what Jesus did on the cross, then you fall back into that mentality and you'll start to get stressed out again trying to perform these r- rituals and laws and, and, tr- and requirements of the truth that are, that are starkly uh, opposing your, your life without Jesus there. So it's so important and imperative that we keep Jesus in focus, which is why he said to, um, you know, to take communion all the time, remember him. Keep remembering what Jesus has done. It's the basis of our faith. It's the basis of us being right before God. It's the basis of who we are as, as people. And if, if your focus comes off Jesus, then you're on shaky ground. So we must, we must have that faith in Jesus and continue to hold that faith or we'll, st- we'll start to lose track. And, and what happens when you lose track is that you, you start avoiding the truth again. You start not being able to hear the truth again. You start you start using um, you start using grace like a uh like a white out pen over truth rather than a, than a highlighter. So you read your Bible and, and you'll see something and you'll think, Oh grace, I'll just I'll just grace that over with my whiteout pen. And and you and you end up being staying immature and not growing. When really the grace and, and the mercy of God should cause us, if we keep it in our minds and our hearts, should cause us to get our highlighter pen out and say, here's the, here's the truth of God. Wow, Jesus, you, you're going to help me walk in this. I'm going to trust in you and your strength to get me through this. You see, and the other thing about Mount Sinai was that it was their own strength. They didn't have any other strength or power to, to, to help them. But Jesus comes at Mount Zion Sends His Holy Spirit, and we've got a a strength and ability that the Holy Spirit helps us to do these things that we could never do before on our own. So Jesus obviously God wants us to become mature and strong in our faith, um, but doesn't it doesn't happen uh, at Mount Sinai? It happens at Mount Zion, and they're 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 different places. Um, I'll just get the music team to come up if they can so here in in Matthew 5 48 you therefore must be perfect this is Jesus speaking must be perfect growing into complete maturity of godliness in mind and character having reached the proper height of virtue and integrity as your heavenly father is perfect so that That right there is the goal for our lives. But it has to happen in a place of acceptance. You have to have the basis as being Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. If you don't have that basis that God accepts you and is going to walk you through this change and this maturing process and get you there... If you, if you don't keep that uh, as the part of your life that he's going to help me do it and, and give me the ability to get there, then, then you're going to be stuck. The truth is that Jesus in love takes us by the hand and leads us out and away from sin and death and progressively forward and more to become more and more like him. Stronger and stronger, more stable and fruitful. So it's a, it's a part of Christianity. Now we're never, we haven't got it all together. We're all on a journey. But we want to keep going on that journey. We don't want to disengage and stop at some point and uh, lose sight of, of the incredible thing that Jesus did for us, giving up his life for us and giving us the, the power to continue to, to move forward and to change. So, I don't know about about you, but I want to grow more and more in God. Does would would you all agree? Hmm. But we have to stay at Mount Zion. So, why don't you all stand? Everyone stand this morning. We're just gonna. We're not gonna have um. We're not gonna have an altar call as such this morning, but we're gonna play through a song after I finish uh, and we're just going to spend some time focusing on Jesus and what he's done for us um, back to the cross with Easter coming up the most we celebrate the most incredible event that ever happened in the history of the world uh, ne- next weekend it's not a religious event for us we just we just happens to be celebrating celebrating it on that on the next weekend and this is the focus of Christianity and what Jesus has done for us and that's what we want to keep our eyes on all the time. If we keep our eyes on that, then we'll be able to grow, because we'll have that acceptance of God, that security in God, that we know that He's going to walk. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He's going to walk with us and help us, help us out, and help us to grow and help us to change in the process. And and the devil is just trying to get you to separate from him and disengage, so that so that that process is stopped and, and halted. Says in Hebrews 10:19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is His body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with a full assurance that brings that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful isn't it good that we come to a God of such great love of such great power of such great ability to come up with a, with a way to deal with his holiness and his love for us at the same time isn't it incredible what he, what he did for us so this morning, if you've, if you've been struggling and, and, tr- and you've been dealing with God at Mount Sinai or trying to, then um, why don't we all just close our eyes this morning? We're going to pray. If you've been dealing, trying to deal with God in that way and lost sight of Jesus and his sacrifice for your life, and you want prayer this morning. We're not going to ask people to come out the front this morning, but we're just going to ask that if you're in that place and you want that security in Christ back so that you can grow and continue on in your walk with God, then why don't you just raise your hand this morning and we're going to pray together this morning for you if you're in that place. If, uh, yeah, So Father, we just thank you, Jesus, for these people that have raised their hand, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that you'd seriously, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, even right now, Lord, where they stand, Lord, you would touch them with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We just lift you up. You are are our God. You are our saviour, Jesus. We just lift you up, Lord. Let these people, Lord, fix their eyes upon you, Lord. Come into that place, Lord, uh, into your arms, Jesus, into your incredible love, Lord, and and take that journey with you, Jesus. We just pray and thank you, Lord, that they've given their life to you, Lord. We just pray over them a protection from the enemy, from his devices, and from his um, deception. Lord, we just pray that you'd fill their heart, God, incredibly even right now where they stand, with your great love for them, with your great purpose for their life, Lord, and let them cling to the cross, let them hold on to you, Jesus. Let them keep you in clear focus, Lord, that they can um, keep you and hold faith in you, Jesus, and all that you've done for them, Lord, and continue on in their walk. Uh, with you Jesus and continue on to an incredible life in you Jesus of fruitfulness uh, and of greatness in you Lord we just thank you for that Lord and bless you for it in Jesus name thanks